Amen, amen. Okay, last week you finished the message with a prayer by O. Halsby. Yeah. And I thought we would start with that same prayer just to keep us uh, linked together as we continue to think about healing, uh, a time to heal. And so this prayer for healing, Lord, if it be to your glory, heal suddenly. And we've talked about that, how God, Jesus sometimes just, boom, immediately healed. If it will glorify you more, heal gradually. Hmm. If it will glorify you even more, may your servant remain sick a while. And if it will glorify your name still more, take him to yourself in heaven. And I just sat there last Sunday, I was watching uh, church and worshiping with my mother, and I was just like, wow, who saw that one coming? <laughs> it's powerful words. It, yeah. Really? I, um, when I heard it, uh, it was a presentation by Dave Shive, who okay. was a professor at a Bible college, and he was doing a presentation on prayer, and I had never heard that before. Yeah. And it just struck me, the um, God's glory above all things, and God's, God is glorified in ways that we can't see in our lives. And when you apply that to healing prayer particularly, yeah. I think it's profound. So. Yeah, because we all want the, to be healed suddenly, do we right. not? I mean, is that, when we pray for healing, we, we would prefer God to get her done now. And, and yet it doesn't seem to work that way. And so what we want to talk about today, we want to read the scriptures from John 11, but we want to talk about when God doesn't heal. There's no doubt for these two, we've been talking about healing for two months now, really the, the, the bulk of balance of this year. And I'm guessing some of us have prayed for healing, for loved ones, friends, others. And maybe we haven't seen it yet, or we're seeing it gradually. And so this, this prayer fits in, but sometimes we don't see it in the way that we want. So, so I want to read the story of Lazarus, okay? And so I'm not going to read the whole chapter, kind of, um, you know, I kind of cut this up a little bit just to, to, to condense it. So Lord, forgive me, I'm not trying to skip through, you know, the, the, the scriptures. But now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And you can think Mary and Martha who waited at table, etc. That, that Mary and Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, 
I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Lord, guide us as we read your word. Help us to understand with fresh ears and eyes and hearts to embrace your truth that you are the resurrection and life and you ultimately will raise us up. And so strengthen us now as we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. So Jesus hears that Lazarus is sick and what does he do? He rushes over, he panics, he hops in the car and races to Lazarus, right? What does he do? Stays where he is two more days, which is exactly how we would respond and how we do respond when somebody we know is literally deathly ill. Jesus doesn't seem to react with panic, with anxiety. In fact, it's kind of strange it, it, it's almost the opposite when Jesus heard yet he stayed two more days now Jesus knows what's going to happen right okay but do Mary and Martha know what's going to happen do the does the community who loves Lazarus those who've gathered around that that's the the, the crowd they've come to mourn and, and weep so the first thing we note is that Jesus stays where he is two more days which it seems so very strange to us. Both sisters have this response to him. If you had been here, mm -hmm. if you had been here, our brother would not have died. I don't quite know the tone of voice to read that with. It's certainly wistful, maybe mournful. If you had been here, our brother would not have died. Or is it, if you had been here, our brother would not have died? I, I don't know. 
you know, we can, we can read and we can speculate. We, we, we don't know. But it's somewhere between the mournful and the challenging. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Martha's kind of like, yet I still know God will give you whatever you ask. They've seen Jesus at work. They know the stories of His healing, of His power. So, so it's not a, a false hope that they have in Jesus. They know His capacity to heal. They've seen this. And so when Lazarus was sick, they sent word as quickly as they can. Jesus, Lazarus is sick. Get here. And He stayed where He was two more days. Hmm. The crowd gets involved a little bit couldn't he who have opened the eyes of the blind man and this is a story from earlier in john's gospel a couple chapters earlier we don't know exactly the, the the timing but the story was out of jesus opening the blind man's eyes and so couldn't he have who have opened the blind man's eyes have kept this man from dying and you hear a little bit more of the call out maybe going in the, the language of the crowd. So maybe the sisters are mostly disappointed in Jesus. You just didn't come through for us like we expected. The crowd maybe has a little bit of questioning him, maybe, maybe calling him out a little bit. And what I love is that Jesus doesn't get caught in the swirl of all the emotions. You know, he, he interacts with Martha, calls for Mary. He, he, he's with the crowd. He, he, um, he doesn't comfort, as I read this, he doesn't comfort quite in the way that we might expect. Now, we, we can assume there's other interaction going on here. We don't have all of the story here. Did he go up and embrace Mary and Martha, give them a hug, because that's what we do, right? You come to someone who, who's lost their loved one and you, you, you embrace them. You, you, you say, I'm so sorry for your loss. Does he apologize at all for his delay? Wouldn't we have, I am so sorry I couldn't have been here sooner. I, I had urgent business we 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 get into this don't we i mean this is something that we all deal with from time to time we we all find ourselves apologizing that we aren't able to relieve the suffering that maybe i could have done something mm-hmm. i don't hear any of that in jesus mm-hmm. he gets into a little bit of a theological conversation yeah your brother will rise again uh, okay let's talk a little eschatology right here huh you know, kind of the end of all things. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Huh. Do you believe this? And well, well yeah, I, you're, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. I, I know He's going to rise at the last day. I am the resurrection. So instead of emotional comfort, now He might have done that, okay? So, so we, again, we don't, we don't know, but, but it's not recorded instead of emotional comfort, instead of an apology for his delay, Jesus engages her mind, her belief, her faith. But then he himself gets caught in the emotion, doesn't he? 
There's a deep and honest humanity that's on display. The compassion of Jesus is here. And so there's two sets of emotions. We, we see Jesus weeping, okay? And so, so he, he loved Lazarus, right? They're friends. They, they've done some life together. Mm-hmm. And so he weeps. Probably he catches the emotion of Mary and Martha, the, the crowd who's come to mourn with. They're weeping. But he is moved in spirit. But it's interesting the Greek that sits behind, twice it says here, uh, he was deeply moved. It's an interesting little word that is also used of horses when they snort. <laughs> it can be translated, he snorted. He was deeply moved and troubled. It's like, <clears throat> we've had that emotion, haven't we? <laughs> We know, and so we, hear, we read deeply moved and we think he's deeply moved with sadness. In other places in the Bible, in the New Testament, he scolded them or sternly warned them. It's the same word. Here it's deeply moved. It's an anger. It's, it's an emotion that... Oh. We don't know... But, but if you read about this passage, the, the commentators speculate, they, they wonder if it's the deep movement of, look at what that serpent did. He plunged them into death. It's that. He's weeping because of the humanity, the loss, his friend. He knows what he's going to do. That's the, that's the amazing thing. Yeah. He knows that Lazarus is soon to rise. But he still has that compassion. But it's this... Anger over the sin and death that has come. Exactly. Yeah. The pain, the suffering of the human family was not supposed to be this way. Right. This is not what life is about. Mm-hmm. And so he's angry. And, 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 so, and, he, and his own death and resurrection are coming, right? He knows this is a foreshadowing, right? We, 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 we know the rest of the story, but when they're living it, they don't know that, right? Mm-hmm. They don't know that Jesus is soon on the cross, that there's a cave that he's in with a, a, a stone load. So you, you hear the, the foreshadowing here, right? So why, I mean, just this whole scene is so different. I, I've always been struck by the, by the divinity and humanity of Jesus yeah. on display in it, that they're both at the same time, that he's experiencing the emotions that a human person would experience at, over grief and loss and the grief of other people around him and that also knows the plans and purposes of God. And, you know, that, th- that language that was in the Hallsby prayer of that, you yeah. might be, that God might be glorified, that's in what Jesus' response is to. Yeah. So he, he knows that waiting leads to teaching and understanding for his people then and his people now. I mean, I think he has us in mind as well in, in the waiting, but, but he's balancing that humanity that feels the loss and that, that stirring in yep. him of wanting to make things right, but he also knows the plans and purposes of God. Because he is God, he does the right thing even though he experiences the pain of it. So the waiting had a purpose. Yeah. His waiting two more days had a purpose. 
I'm just going to wait here and make sure Lazarus gets good and dead. And then we're going to go and we're going to raise him up. Imagine, now Jesus had the power. He, he, he healed at a distance before, right? Mm-hmm. He gets word from whoever it comes, you know, uh, from Bethany comes the messenger. Jesus, Jesus, Lazarus is sick. He's dying. Lazarus be healed. Could have done that, right? And if Lazarus had been healed at that moment, we wouldn't know that Jesus is the resurrection. Th- those words, the resurrection and the life. Jesus wouldn't have wept this, this passage that we have here, the deep movement, that the humanity on display. I can't imagine a Bible without the Lazarus story. Mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. I read this often, as you know, in funeral sermons, in funeral services, to give hope in the midst of, of our loss. So what do we do when the healing doesn't come the way we expect it? What do we do when the healing doesn't come? It hasn't come yet. Well, yeah, but he did heal Lazarus, right? You, I mean, you could be saying that to yourself right now. He did heal Lazarus. I don't know. Did he? Lazarus died. I thought about poor Lazarus. He's got to go through death twice. <laughs> Thanks, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, But all of the, the, the sorrow, the worry, the anxiety, the pain of Mary and Martha, of Lazarus, his own suffering, the community around, the healing didn't come the way they expected it or the way they wanted it or in the timing. And so, <clears throat> so just want to think with you for just a moment, when you believe the healing hasn't come, what do you do? When you've been praying, you've been seeking, you've been crying out to God what to do. <clears throat> when you send for Jesus, okay? That, that, that's when you start praying about the, the healing, okay? That's sending for Jesus in my mind. So they sent for Jesus, right? Lazarus is sick, we're sending for Jesus. When you send for Jesus, don't give up. He's coming. He may not come at just the time you think, the time you want, but I think this story gives us a sense of, okay, Mary and Martha, they were crying out, they sent for Jesus, it didn't work quite the way they wanted, but they didn't give up. Martha, but I know that God will give you whatever you ask. So when you send for Jesus, when you begin praying about the healing, do not give up. God is, he hears you. He's on the way. He works in his own time and with his own purpose. See, there was an opportunity, a teaching opportunity. I think you alluded to that. Mm-hmm. Something happened here in this engagement with Martha. Do you believe this? I do believe he'll rise at the last day. I, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though he dies. And so, so when you send for Jesus, God's working. Hang in there. Second, acknowledge your disappointment. He can handle it. God can handle your tough questions. Hey, God, you said that when we pray in Jesus' name, you are going to answer us. You said I could move mountains. Where's the healing? So they were disappointed. They expressed that disappointment. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. You can speak your disappointment. 
You can speak your heartache. You can speak your frustration uh, in your prayers. Third, I would say when the healing doesn't come in the way and the timing or manner that you, you're hoping, expecting, keep the praying and loving community close to you. They are not, Mary and Martha are not just by themselves. They've got a crowd around. Now I know they're, they're gathered because of the mourning and, the, and, the, and the, the rituals of the community, but you need the praying and loving and supporting community. Do not try to go it alone when you are sick, when you need healing, when somebody you, you love needs healing. Get folks involved. Get the praying and supporting community. Take the meals when we offer them, okay? <laughs> that, that's, that's another way of saying it. Fourth, I would say trust that Jesus weeps with you. Jesus weeps with you. We forget that sometimes. When we pray, the healing doesn't come. We feel, you know, heaven's vault is kind of closed. Our prayers are hitting the ceiling. What's going on? We're maybe disappointed. We may not sense those tears, but they're there. And the snorting. <laughs> the 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 reason you're struggling and in pain now is because of something that happened so long ago, a fateful decision by Adam and Eve. And so sin sits behind all of our sickness and our brokenness, ultimately in death. And so trust that Jesus weeps with you. He snorts over the brokenness and pain that, that sin has inflicted on you or your loved one. <clears throat> but friends, believe that there is a rest of the story that's unfolding. The rest of the story is that Jesus was going to raise him, right? And that's why he said early on, this sickness will not end in death. Well, it actually did end in death. Oh, yeah. This sickness will not end in death. And so there was a rest of the story unfolding. We just haven't seen it yet. Mary and Martha didn't see it right away, but then they did see the rest of the story. But this is baked into the gospel itself, right? The disciples who walked with Jesus for three years heard him talk about going to Jerusalem, being handed over, being crucified, and then rising on the third day. When Jesus went to the cross on, on Good Friday, they were like, we're good. God's got this. No sweat. Is that how the disciples were on Good Friday? They were huddled in an upper room because they think they're coming for us next. They had forgotten Jesus told them, I'm coming back. And then on the third day when he rises, they still can't believe it. Some crazy women told us they saw him. What? It is baked into the gospel, this rest of the story. And so, Holy Saturday, when Jesus is in the tomb, our lives are kind of like a Holy Saturday, right? We're living in the in-between. And so... When the healing that you want hasn't come yet, believe that the rest of the story is still unfolding. And then ultimately know that for all of us, our healing finally, fully, and forever is in our resurrection. Even Lazarus died again, right? And so here we see this demonstration of his power and he is raised up. And so you pray for your loved one, you pray for your friend, you pray for someone in the community and God heals them gradually or suddenly or over time. And then ultimately, we all die, right? We, we kind of know that part of the story, right? All, all healing that we experience is temporary. Is always temporary. Because it's only for 
a time. There will be another thing. All, all restoration that we experience is temporary because there always will be another brokenness where sin is, and its consequences and its effects affects our lives in another way. All There's of us know one... people who like have those nine, you know, we say, boy, it seems like they've got nine lives. You know, they had this sickness and God healed. And eventually we all are laid in the grave. There's only one healing, right? The resurrection and the life. Philip, I think we just honored Richard because everybody goes to the grave, right? And so know ultimately that all of our healing is in resurrection and place your hope there. And I think that's why Jesus waited two more days so we could have this story so we and other Christians could understand these things that when the healing doesn't come, all is not lost. So I hope this is helpful. We've been talking about healing for two months now. We'll talk it for a few more weeks. But about now, some have maybe gotten concerned because I've been praying for that healing, Don, like you said a few weeks ago, and it hasn't come yet. Believe this truth and believe Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, hear us as we pray. Just hearing the sermon still doesn't make the ache go away, the longing for our loved one or ourselves to be healed and restored, to be out of pain, out of suffering, out of sorrow. And so we entrust our lives to you, our whole lives and the lives of our loved ones. And so we continue to pray for healing, but we will wait and we'll tell you how we really feel. And we will hope and trust. We'll, we'll, we'll trust your tears and we'll trust the rest of the story. But we place our full hope and confidence in Jesus Christ, who is the resurrection and the life. And all God's people said, Amen.